As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials, go there, join the militia. The orange turned it on too late after chipping away at a 23-point deficit. Syracuse would come up seven points short as there just wasn't enough time left to dig out of the hole they put themselves in. So, again... Syracuse never hanging their heads in this one, but a 73-66 loss nonetheless. You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you in fan feedback. And Syracuse will host the Hokies this Wednesday at 7 o'clock. We'll let you know what we think about that. Um, kind of par for the course. It's becoming uh, Groundhog Day. Coming here, I feel like, whether it's a win or a loss, it's kind of the same thing. So... <laughs> You know, I mean, how many times can you analyze the same type of issues? Although this was a little not as sloppy, it was a little different. Um, some, so we'll we'll get into all the all of the all of the woes. Um, but first, let's hear what Coach had to say following the game. I thought the game really was. We, you know, obviously they got off to a great start shooting the ball, but we. Did a little better job defensively after the first part and uh, kind of battled back a little bit. But the, we, we just made so many mistakes that we really haven't been making. Um, you know, we missed two layups. Uh, Jesse missed two. Joe missed two in the first half. You can't do that against Virginia or anybody, uh, especially on the road. Um, but I thought, you know, the last 12 minutes we – Moved better offensively. Um, we didn't really get only one steal out of the press, but we, I thought we got better movement on offense, and we got Joe some shots. Joe and Judah were two for seven, one for seven in the first half, something like that. And, uh, you know, we, we need those two guys to score. The last 10, 12 minutes, I think they both were well into double figures and kind of got us back a little bit. But it was too much. We weren't going to get back all the way. Uh, but I, I'm proud of the way they, they fought back. Uh, I thought Malik uh, playing 40 minutes, he hasn't played all that much. And I thought he was really good. Um, I thought Chris and Justin were good. Jesse's just – he's – kind of a mystery right now. He's not playing the way he was early in the year. He was a different player. Um, he's just getting pushed out and not getting to the basket. I thought uh, Muneer really gave us a big lift at the end of the first half. He blocks two or three. Would have, would have probably been a 15-point game at halftime if he hadn't. He blocked two or three shots and we were able to get something out of that at the other end. But Starting John Bull over Malik? Or- well, I, I thought John does a couple things for us. He does a, he's got a couple things we run through him that we tried. Um, I didn't really just want to tell Malik you're coming home and you're going to start. You know, you just come off the bench like you have, and that was it. He played really well. Played really well. 
Yeah, Coach, back here, uh, you talked about Malik and Justin playing a lot of heavy minutes today, both freshmen from this area. Just kind of what's how have they progressed this year and what stood out about them when you were going through the recruiting process with them? I think they're both good players. I think they need this year. You know, I think most freshmen, you know, they need that first year to figure out what you got to do. They've both contributed uh, different situations quite a bit this year, more than maybe I would have thought, but we're young, so we have to play those guys. But I think they're going to both be really good players. They're just, they're not quite ready right now, but uh, they're learning. Coach, back here. Um, I know a lot of the times um, the forwards are often criticized for their play. How do you feel that Chris Bell and Justin Taylor played today? I thought they did a, did a good job. I thought, they, you know, they made a couple shots. Chris made his shots. Um, you know, I thought Malik did a good job on the boards. We did a pretty good job on the boards for us. This was a pretty good rebounding game. Um, but, you know, we made some errors that you, you, you just can't make and some defense, some offensive errors. But, you know, Virginia's going to take advantage of them. That's what happened. Jim, apparently Virginia had 22 assists on 23 made shots. Were they doing anything different to attack Mike, the zone? Mike, you understand that when you play a zone, every pass, every shot they take is going to be assisted. That's why they're going to get assists. Every shot is assisted. The way we play, when we use the pick and roll and we're driving, there's no assist there. So we're not, I mean, I've explained that about 100 times. Okay, thanks. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Way to end it as awkward as possible, Coach. Uh, poor Mike. Uh, all right. Look. Uh, yes, the uh, the orange start uh, struggling um, early from. Well, Joe. Joe took Joe ten minutes to score a point. Uh, he ended up what two for eight from two point range and finished strong five for nine for three. So, I mean, pretty decent. Pretty decent. Yeah. Problem is, once again, it came a little too late. So UVA, they get off to a fast start. They hit they hit a couple threes right away. You, you kind of know the situation that we're going to be in. We kind of knew coming into this situation, um, an excellent three-point shooting team. They're, they're very balanced in their scoring. And I think four out of their five starters had all double digits. And they're just – they're one of those teams that's just – unselfish play but calculated and they actually came out a little faster than i thought they were going to uh, and you know i mean i don't uh, think they it's had only, it's only fast because they didn't miss shots yeah i know that's that's that's, that's every... true too they were they were hitting everything and and of course syracuse was missing early um and like i mentioned he didn't, he didn't score until 10 minutes into the game but you know, to just sum up the, the the game as a whole, I mean, again, this team, as I mentioned in the open, they do not hang their heads in failure in 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 a game where they're down twenty three. They still come back and they fight and they claw their way and and end up, you know, a seven point loss, but um, still a loss. So again, the common denominator is in the in the familiarity that I'm talking about at the beginning of the show is that they start slow, whether it's this, that, or the other, and finish strong. But when you put yourself in a hole like that, it it takes way too much effort. And kudos to them for for fighting in, in in this game, the pit game, but both put themselves in a bad spot right off the get, and you lose because this was a winnable game. Yeah, yeah, it was. And, you know, when you're on the road and, you know, you got Benny sick. And, right, on the road, too. Right. And, you know, Benny sick. And we know what type of team, you know, Virginia is. They had the same team, uh, same starting five last year. We know how Kiki Clark, how he handles the 2-3 zone and everything like that. And he's always played good against Syracuse. And, you know, we've mentioned it and so have our fans and fan feedback that, um, you know, that we've been fortunate in some games to start slow but be able to come back. Um, and that, you know, there's going to be teams in the ACC that you're not going to be able to do that to. So, and I'd probably say that number 11 in the country, Virginia Cavaliers on the road, probably, you know, is, is one of those teams. So that's pretty much what we saw. I mean, again, I, I liked how they fought. They came back. You saw that they were starting to do things. They figured it out. They were figuring out Virginia, you know, um, 
it looked really, really ugly. We were down as much as, I think, 17 in the first half. We got it within nine before halftime. Um, then we got down by as much as 23 in the second half, and we ended up losing by seven. And, uh, you know, that's with, you know, you look back, Joe Girardi made that three when we had that illegal screen. So this game could have been a little interesting. And um, one play here, one play there, if that ball goes in, then you never really know. But uh, they fought back, and, um, you know, if anything, <clears throat> without Benny and allowing some of these guys to get some good minutes and experience against a team like Virginia is um, it's the way they finished both halves really, it gave me a lot of confidence in the fact that um, it gave me more confidence in thinking that um, beating Virginia at home here at the end of the month is definitely a possibility. Say that last thing again. I missed it. No, I'm, I'm sorry. So, I was reading something. No, that's fine because I think that there's a lot of, a lot of fans out there looking at Virginia as possibly the best team in the ACC and how they've played, being ranked 11th. And I think they automatically looked at the two games against Virginia as losses. But I think that the way that they performed and started to figure it out and how they finished in both halves, I think it gave me more confidence in, in a chance that we could actually beat them when they come to the Dome at the end of the month. Well, when I see, when I see this team react to every, most teams that they're playing and coming back, I feel the same way, but the problem is, is that it's kind of like I said, Groundhog Day. And we're dealing with kind of the same type of thing. Um, top fan Brandon on Facebook, he says, "I mean, we've seen this script go on with the same strategy every time, expecting a different result. I think the joke's on us at this point. The two-three zone does not stop three-point shooters in many ways. It actually helps them." That's yes. Well, we know we the the well. I don't think the the zone is designed to stop three point shooters. The the problem is is that you can the the zone makes mediocre shooters look really good. I mean, sometimes you can have a you can have a guy just go off because of the zone. But yeah, but you know, you look at it too. They it also makes you fall in love with the three. And albeit, it does. They albeit they started really really good. When you look at it, we had a better percentage from the three-pointers and they did they just had more they just threw up more yeah right so realistically i don't think this game was lost on the defensive end as far as guarding threes because they missed their fair share no, i think uh, it's lost offensively it was yeah so. 16 to 10 turnovers we had 16 turnovers we missed a bunch of little bunny layups and um coach mentioned had, four but there was there was more coach mentioned four easy ones that were missed but there was and, more and there was and they scored five extra points off free throws i mean those are your main things you know near the end when you had to foul and we gave them those points um that's what we had to do as far as desperation mode but if you don't have all those turnovers or you convert some of those um possessions into baskets in which we had some easy opportunities then we're right there in the game and those free throws don't happen so to me it was essentially um you know the the turnovers that, that really did it for you and obviously the fast start but we kind of eliminated that and then we allowed them to do it again in the second half so yeah there's some uh, you know like i said i wish i wish uh second chance points and points off of turnovers or box score stats somewhere sometimes you can find it sometimes you can't we won rebounding. Yeah, I know. Plus seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we should have, by the way. It's just a bigger team. We should have. But when you say, well, we won rebounding and Chris Bell played 16 minutes and he didn't grab one of them. I mean. Ugh, he didn't have anything in the box score but <laughs> fouls and points. He so. threw up three shots. He made three shots. So two, two threes and in, in a, a deuce. So, I mean, maybe he should have uh, shot more. I mean, Taylor missed more, and Taylor played more minutes, but Taylor had – he filled up the box score. Yeah, he, did. he steals, had some assists, two, assists, two steals. rebounds, yeah. 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 So, um, you know, to the Chris Bell situation, I guess, you know, Coach didn't have anything really bad to say. I mean, I don't know what you can say in 16 minutes, but like I said yesterday, he stands around uh, like, like a statue, and people brought to my attention that. You know, he's seen, I, I said specifically on defense, when people brought it to my attention, they're like, he's doing it on offense, too. So I started paying attention, and he sure was. Yeah. He just stands there, like someone said on Twitter to me, he's just, he's standing in the corner waiting for the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not helping. And, and, and if you're going to go three for three and cash in eight points, then that's great. But let's let's contribute to 
some other things besides fouls because that's the only part of the box score that he had a number at besides uh, some points in minutes. Yeah. Uh, with five. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, well, mean, I think sometimes you need to change it up. And I mean, you see Samir Torrance, he came in and he didn't really put it. I don't think he put up any points, but he, I think he led the, the team in assists with 13 in 13 minutes with five. Uh, he changed it up and he actually got the ball to some people. And, you know, um, it might be a situation where we need to just start playing a little bit more with the, with the lineups. Um, I mean, Malik Brown played a good game, but he also made some mistakes and he's a true freshman. So I understand that, but, um, Copeland, Copeland came in for one minute and, and made a mistake immediately and, and was taken right out. Yeah. And, and then kudos too for, for Beheim to, to take out Jesse when he realized he was struggling and have Hema going. I mean, Hema came out big four blocks, five rebounds. Yeah. yeah. He came yeah. in, and uh, it's good to have those those kind of things going on. So, uh, again, I mean, I would just like to see a little bit less of, like, you know, we know what we have with those guys enforced stuff and, and get some of these guys some opportunities. I'd like to see Samir get 13 minutes, 15 minutes a game, maybe tinker around with a, a three-guard lineup with, you know, a Jesse and a Malik Brown. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can do, but it's it's difficult for me to justify some of the playing time and some of the games and how the stuff goes. But, again... We're not the coaches. We don't see what's going on in practice. You know, there's injuries, there's illnesses, there's things going on. So you just got to hope that they're, you know, obviously making the best decisions and trust that they are. Um, but I, I like to see those other guys in there because they proved to put up to, to help and do things in the box score. Yeah, there's all kinds of different. And, you know, when you talk about depth, it's a different kind of depth. There's just a there's almost an answer for any situation if, if you can just get a little bit more experience under the belt than some of these guys. And with, yeah. with, I mean, with Justin Taylor out there, you know, he's playing the three. So it's kind of like a, I mean, I don't know what you want to call that when it's, when it's Mintz, Gerard and, and Justin out there. I mean, he does play more like a three, but coach was talking about, you know, next year he's going to be moving into the two spot. So, um, be interesting. I mean, you know, not for anything with having Benny out. I, I I think that what he did yesterday. I mean, it seemed to be it seemed to work. I mean, I don't know what the difference yeah. is if Benny if Benny was in there. What what a difference he would have made. You know, John Bull started the game, but Malik Brown got thirty six minutes. I mean, John yeah. Bull got the other four, and that position's filled for the game. Yeah. So and I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, there was no reason to take him out. In my opinion, he was playing hard. Malik. There was those freshmen. Yeah, Malik. I mean, yeah. he's he's a little bit smaller, and you know, you saw him. You know, he's got to learn to go to the to the the hoop a little bit stronger and and not get blocked and all that other kind of stuff. But you know, that's just the difference between a freshman body and um, you know freshman mentality. But overall, I think that he played really, really well. Yeah, and he got to the free throw line a couple times. And, yeah, he, and he had he eleven points, eight rebounds. Right. Yeah, so. Um, I, I, I'm happy with those kind of numbers from a, from many of these guys who play kind of like like a sketchy allotted amount, right? So like yep. you never know how many minutes John Bowles going to get. And Monir Hima, in fact, is like one of those guys, and he he probably surprises me more than most of the other ones when he comes out. I mean, he's just a he's just a block robot. I mean, <laughs> he's just good. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, he's he just fouls good. a lot, too, right? Yeah, so, I mean, he does. But you get he, but those fouls, though. Well, he, but you know he's guarding it, right? He's guarding right. the hoop. Yeah. He's making you work for it. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, kudos for Beheim to see that Jesse wasn't really himself and wasn't playing the way that he normally plays to, to change it up. And I think that the better the coaching staff gets at recognizing where these certain – what games these certain players should be playing more than, you know – I mean, we'll talk about it later, but Virginia Tech normally plays three guards and they're normally a smaller team. Um, so that's a situation where you can go three guards and, and kind of change your lineup and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we just got to be able to recognize it and recognize when, you know, Joe Girard needs to be pulled and calmed down and when Jesse needs to be pulled and let Hema go in and do his thing. And, you know, it just seems like that's getting better. Yeah, I mean, I feel like coaching staff goes right, and here we are. You know, it's like halfway through the season. So, I mean, but you got to you got to look at the big picture, and and that being, you know, Syracuse ten and six, three and two in the ACC. That's still really good right now, and you know, 
with with heading home for a couple games and we'll mm. just we'll just you know we'll see what it does but it's workable it's you know? workable yeah i mean it's still it's still not like last year was when you're like yeah we're screwed <laughs> right so yeah, pretty uh, much. <laughs> alex on facebook we missed too many open shots when you play tough teams like virginia you have to catch in on the opportunities they do give i uh, love the fight in this team but we may need a year until we get it all going that's what i was kind of did i say that to you or on the show like th- th- if if we get this g- good core group back, if you don't have to deal with the portal bug, and we can get a good core back of these guys, this team's gonna be really good next year. I feel like. You know, uh, you, I mean, yeah, I mean, but the same. That's assuming that Jesse and Joe and Judah are all coming back. Well, n- not necessarily. Even I mean, you have to have somebody, right? Judah. I I mean, I would throw him in the coming back pile if you will but obviously jesse and joe i don't know i don't i'm not sold on either one of those but if jesse came back that would be huge you that would be absolutely huge but anyway uh torian they use the press too late virginia is a team that cuse needs to mix up the defense with they kill our zone every time and we use the press to get back in it why do we use the press when we're down 20 well i mean what do you? How do you feel about when? When is time to do it? First of all, right? So, <sighs> well, I mean, realistically, get, like unless you're good at it, unless you have the personnel for it, right? Which then, which I we we, say we, we, necess- we we're, we we're, might. It's mediocre. It's mediocre. It's better than last year. It's mediocre. And the, but the problem is, is the I think a lot has to do with the experience of the players that are in there. We I've noticed just in the in in um, you know, you got you keep Jesse down there, and Coach said in the press conference he hasn't been good, right? He's been he has he's had a couple he's had some troubles the past couple of games, and uh, I thought it's been better than the past couple of years for sure, but how long can you do it for? Is the thing you know before well, you're just, just getting smoked. Right, I get it. I mean, I just I feel like traditionally, and I mean, I know that you can go back to the '80s and back in the day where he did play man and he changed it up, and we had you know teams full of NBA players. But um, in the more recent decades, you know, normally he doesn't press unless he needs to. It's a desperation move for Bayheim. It's yeah, not it something. Is. Um, it's a back pocket game plan. Right. And again, it just comes down to that's different types of styles and schemes. Um, normally, you know, you can get away with getting maybe some less athletic players or things like that and still be able to get away with playing a 2-3 zone and having a good team. Um, doesn't mean that those players are going to be able to necessarily be great at, um, you know, doing a full court press. And we saw last year and we knew how bad that was too, right? So. Um, he just traditionally doesn't do it unless it's desperation, and sometimes it's worked and sometimes it hasn't. But the thing is, is when you do it and you don't have a good team that does it, then um, beating the press can lead to very easy, easy baskets on the other end. And realistically, I don't, I don't really understand why you'd want to press the issue if you know you're still in the game or it's early in the game. So. Right, at least the easy buckets. In in with with us, that's the biggest problem. Is it's just it's it almost seems like a waste of time sometimes. Um, which sometimes, which, sometimes it works, right? It, yeah, but right, but there's a window there where it works. You know what I mean? So yeah. so that's my that's what I mean by when do you start? You know, twelve. I mean, down? Essentially, what you're doing is you're just speeding up the game. Right, you're trying you're to have ma- them make you're mistakes. Maximizing, get them to make mistakes maximizing your possessions, giving right. you, yourself more time and more chances to make three-pointers and to, you know, cut the lead. Top fan, Jesse. Brown and Hema looked really good together defensively. Wonder if something's wrong with Jesse. He hasn't looked great since Cornell game, and he's the most consistent player on the team. He's been good against ACC bigs in the past. Well, like Coach said, I just think he's getting out-muscled. And, you know, he's he missed a couple easy ones. He missed he, – he's – missed a couple easy ones the past couple games compared to what he's done in the beginning of the year. So I don't, I mean, no one's alluded to having a, an issue, but he's just not the same player. I think that he was, and you can, he can get that back. Some of it's confidence. Some of it's just, 
maybe frustration. And, and obviously, I think if I had to point to one thing, I'd say it's the level of competition. Uh, I mean, not only is it the level of competition, but it's also the schemes that go at it. I mean, you see these guys muscling them out and trying to push them out away from the basket, right? And, I mean, if you've noticed, I mean, this, that's, the, that's the scouting report, right? Judah's going to be Judah, and you're going to have to put a guard on him. But you, most of the time, put your best defender on Joe Girard and try not to let him shoot shots. And if basically, it's keep Jesse out away from the, away from the circle down around the hoop and push him out and try to muscle him. And if he does get the ball close enough to the hoop, since we've started ACC play especially, he gets doubled. Virginia came over yeah. and doubled and him he, every he, single time, and then he's got to turn he around trouble. and make a, then he's got to make a pass because the guy that's doubling him is a guy like Justin Taylor or Chris Bell who's just standing over in the corner. So now he has to pass it, and that's where there's got to be more movement. When Jesse Edwards, when he gets doubled, there's got to be better movement on the other the, without the ball as far as his teammates are concerned to help him make easier passes so that we can get some easy buckets because if you're being doubled, somebody's open. But if you're standing on the complete opposite side of the court on three-point line, then you have to – Jesse has to turn around and like throw it across the court. Like that's not – by the time it gets there, then the defenders shift. And, I mean, I saw it all game in Virginia. So it's not necessarily just Jesse too. Uh, the team needs to help him out a little bit to make his game a little bit easier because that's how all these teams in the ACC have been playing Joe and Jesse. Uh, top fan Steve on Facebook. Bennett has the answer to the zone. Press came too late. Too many turnovers. Yes, I, I think uh, it's a lot of uh, the turnovers were uh, were probably the most frustrating aspect of the game for me. So, uh, top fan Dave, I think the zone got smoked by the three. It, it, it encourages that. Then the team rallied back during the full court press, but. Yeah, we, we, I mean, we kind of all had a feeling, I feel like, that we were going to get a little smoked by the three. I mean, I did. That's kind of what I, I mean, look. Maybe not to that percentage. Maybe not to that percentage and that fast, but, you know, 12 for 26 is not that bad. No, it's almost 50%. That's good. It's just the fact that they started out so fast. I mean, for 12. They hit their first five. I wonder how much average, how much Syracuse averages against. A game. I mean, we've seen upwards 17, 18, you know, this year. Uh, it started but sometimes off, that's the only way the teams can score. Exactly. And then, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're down 23 and you lose by seven, obviously what we were doing worked on, on defensively, and you could say it was too late or um, whatever, but, um, I mean, we don't coach the team. And, and then well, they, started, it, they started missing shots, too. At the end of the day, like I said, I mean – like we talked about earlier, it's, it's like the threes and what they did early wasn't the reason why we lost. The reason why we lost was because, you know, we were sloppy on uh, on offense. offense you know? Yeah, yeah. We had, dude. Like I said, we had sixteen turnovers, and um, Virginia had eleven steals. So, I mean, when you really look at it, I mean. We, we gave it away. We just weren't, we weren't strong enough with the ball in Virginia. Then we know that they play good defense, and that's their MO, and that's what they did. So um, I think you know, Syracuse played. did pretty good against the defense, though, all, all in all. I mean, yeah. Well, they, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing what can happen when you have a point guard that actually, can actually go and trade. create and, and beat their guy we, off the ball. Right. That's what we were, that's what we were, that's what I was hoping personally would give us an edge if we were going to win the game is to, Put it right down their throats and make them second that's, guess why the hell they were doing what they're doing that's to begin what's with. That's going to give us a chance every yeah, single game. Exactly. That's the thing. At Oil Cuse, we didn't play well. Jesse played like a soft freshman. We missed too. Uh, we missed too many layups, and the refs were awful. Um, yeah, you know that's baked in for me now. I don't even. I'm, I'm almost <clears> unfazed by it because when people were complaining about the refs, I was thinking to myself, well, "It just feels part of the course." They weren't great, but they, they weren't bad on both sides. So, y- I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I there's a couple play well. plays you could point out. There's a couple. There was like a makeup one call at us. one point. Yeah, one saved yeah. us. There, there, that was the makeup call. Well, they the, made the, a makeup the, call, but they called the foul when the Joe flop because Joe flopped. Oh, but well, there was a yeah. travel they missed too right before. 
There was a travel. And you remember yeah. when our own guy pushed mints and they called the foul? Yeah, 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 when, yeah. That was the Joe Flop. Around? I believe that's what I'm talking about, the Joe Oh, flop. okay. That yeah. was... Yeah. And that was coming tor- towards crunch time, too, down towards the end. So, um, all right, let's see. Who else we got here? Let's. Uh, we're in Twitter now. We're at Twitter. Um, let's just do a couple of these, and, and we shall move it on. Uh, at Baptized by Fire 7. I'm tired of these slow starts when the opposing team shoots lights out. Playing like this is not sustainable to even having a winning record to go to the NIT. But these guys go have bra- these guys go have brass ones. Do. I think he means do. These guys do have brass ones. Yeah. There's no quitting them. I'm not talking NIT yet. I ain't there. Mm-mm. No way. Oh, no. No, no way. They, we still got an absolutely legitimate shot at... A, a real tournament bid, and when you look and like Joe said, he he hopes we go four and four in the next eight. So we're so we're zero and one, and if we could pull out four and four in the next eight, we're looking good down the stretch, with the exception of Duke, and, and <laughs> NC State, Duke, Clemson, Pitt, all right in a row. But yeah, but at the end of the day, those guys are they're all the same type of teams. You yeah, know, I, mean? I know. By the Clemson time you just, get there, yeah. Clemson just beat Pitt, but uh, I mean NC State. That's an up and down thing. You know, they've lost some bad ones. They beat, you know, they killed Duke. They got killed by NC State, and they barely beat Boston College last night. So when you look at the ACC, I mean Virginia is the highest ranked team, and I mean we made it we made it reasonable in a in a game where they easily could have just blew us out like NC State Duke. I mean, Duke never made a run back against NC State to get it in single digits or make it look like a reasonable game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I look at it like the state of the ACC is I feel like we have a chance every game. Yeah, I think that's – I think – yeah, and I, I feel like that's – even last year, I feel like we still had a chance every game just because of how the, just how the conference is and, and it's all – you know, it's conference play, man. It's just how it goes. And uh, NC State beat – Virginia Tech last night. So, yep. Um, what didn't we catch? What didn't we cover? I think we covered everything. Let's head back. Let's head back to Twitter. See if I can find something else. Um, at no Blanchard forty four, this team is poorly coached. Not knowing when to foul. Not taking good shots. Not rebounding, etc. I'm just surprised we didn't lose by thirty. Well, it was trending that way, and it's true. And I think really what happened was uh, coaching. I mean, I think coach means it when he says he doesn't know what to do. You know, you don't hear too many coaches say, I don't know what to do. I don't know. You know, I mean. Just got to, I mean, I think that normally he's just used to being able to rely on a certain seven, eight guys. Right. And he's still. That's it. You know, but now, I mean, it's to the point where he's got (laughs) to He's got to recognize who needs what and who's playing good and does somebody need to sit down and get motivated? And, you know, I mean, it's he's he's got to navigate it through a lot of kids who are very, I mean, they play inconsistent, but they all are very, very talented. It's just you never know who you're going to get from game in to game in. At Dave Toro 3, this year's Syracuse team is very young and in many ways quite inexperienced in situational basketball. That said, the team did mount a few moderate comebacks only to fall short. I predict this will be Jim Beheim's final season. Well, there you go. You win. I mean, that's a, good, that's a good comment. I don't know about the final season one or thing, but... right. Um, but that's what I mean by what, when I talk about next year, if you can get these guys back, you know, a Joe, a, a, you need mints, have to have mints. Um, without them, it changes the whole, the whole face of this team, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and you get Jesse or Joe. Prefer, I, I mean, if you get them both, that'd be great. I would love Jesse to come back. But um, I would love for all of them to come back. I would and that too. That probably means someone's transfer. Well, you know so. that. You know that, or they're just going to call it, you know, a Joe. You know, I mean, technically, he does have a year of eligibility. You know, he hasn't, he hasn't, you know, and he did miss, he, he did miss a year of of uh, postseason play, which they were probably going to get into the postseason, or we don't really know, I suppose, but still, um, we missed it, called it quits on us. So, anyway, um, all right, let's move on to Virginia Tech. 
do it. All right, Syracuse will host Virginia Tech this Wednesday, as I said earlier. Uh, the all-time series at 7 o'clock, the all-time series between Syracuse and Virginia Tech sits at 11-6 and six in favor of the Orange. The teams first met in 1976 with Virginia Tech taking the first two games in the series. The Orangemen and the Hokies only met three times while Virginia Tech was in the Big East. Syracuse would take all three of those games. The last time the teams met was in February of last year. A 71-59 win for the Hokies. Gerard, Buddy, Anselm, Swider, and Jimmy are starting five. Buddy with 21 points, Anselm with 15 and 15 rebounds, and Swider with 10 rebounds, according to OrangeHoops.org. The Hokies are currently 11 and 5, 1 and 4, despite starting 11 and 1. They are currently in a four-game losing streak, dating back to December 21st. Losing to Boston College, Wake Forest, Clemson, and as we mentioned just last night to NC State. Uh, their one win is actually against UNC when the Tar Heels were ranked. So we know they got it. Hunter Couture, he's still on this team. He's averaging about 10 points a game. A second-year guard, Sean Padula, is leading the Hokies in scoring with 17 points a game. And look, with Hunter, he went out in the Boston College game, and he's been game-to-game ever since, so missing the last three. I don't know what that looks like on Wednesday, but with our luck, he'll probably play. I did reach out to... To Geo, who covers Virginia Tech sports over there at in Blacksburg at Virginia Tech. And he says he really doesn't know. He feels like if he had to guess, he would be out again. So there's that. But we shall go from there. Fifth year senior transfer from Wright State, Grant, Bas- uh, was, is it Basale? Padula and Couture, if Couture plays, are Tech's outside shooters. The three of them combined for 37.5% from beyond the arc. Uh, team shoots 47% from the floor, 34.5% from three, and 74% from the line. They're averaging 74 points a game. So, Joe, this is a team that's in a little bit of a slump, which makes them dangerous to me. I feel like whenever you when you whenever you you know you corner an animal, they're ready to bite. And you know this team's desperate for a win, and they're going to have to come on the road to Syracuse to do it. I feel like this is a good matchup for Syracuse, especially if Couture doesn't play. Um, but you know, he's a huge part of this team. We remember him from previous years, obviously. So with that said, Joe, uh, I mean, whether or not he plays, let's just assume he's playing. How do, how do you feel about this? Assume that he's playing. I, I, I would assume he's playing, but I, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, he's been game to game for three games. Right. So well, that, I mean, obviously they're they're a completely different game. They're a team. completely different team. Sorry, with um, with, with him, and right. because I mean, you have they had a, a four star um, point guard freshman that was supposed to come in, Rodney Rice, and he hasn't played all year. And Hunter Couture being out basically really really limits the guards that they really have. So because of that, the only guards that they have that they really can rely on, obviously, I don't want to say rely on, but um, you know, they've been starting Dion Maddox and Sean Padula, who, you know, have been playing over 30 minutes anyway. And then uh, Michael Collins Jr., another freshman who really hasn't – he's not ready for the role that they have him trying to play right now. He's made it difficult for them. So they have been turning to Justin Mutz, six seven forward, who we all know, um, mm-hmm. who usually plays the four so that they can play their three guards. Well, they're asking him to play more of a three, which now means that they're – looking at someone like a Grant Basil, who is a 6'9 senior transfer from Wright State, I believe, and um, you know other players like Lynn Kidd, who's a 6'10 junior, um, and um, also Mylijel. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really, really weird. Uh, Mylijel Poteet, who's a 6'9 ju- uh, junior as well. So what they've been doing is they've been having to move their basically whole lineup around um, to basically try to accommodate these these injuries. And that's pretty much why they've lost the last four games. Um, not saying that they would have won every single one of them, but that just completely changes their whole team. Uh, so realistically, like I said, they have a lot of bigger guys. Than they, they look a lot bigger 
um, on the floor and in the starting lineup the last couple games because of the lack of guards that are actually available. Um, they should still have two other guards um, right. available than the ones that they have um, in, in ones that they would trust. So completely different team uh, with Hunter Couture, obviously. We've, we've, we know him. We've dealt with him. And um, I don't know. I, I mean, I think that we have a really good chance of winning the game. Um, if he doesn't play, and I think kind of vice versa. Uh, glad, glad it's at home. I uh, kind of wish it was, you know, vice versa. I'd rather play at Virginia Tech, and um, if Hunter Couture was not going to play, but nonetheless, um, being a home game, and if Couture doesn't play, then I think that that, that, that turns kind of into a must-win. And um, yeah, yeah, you have I mean, to take it. You have to take it. You have to take advantage of an opportunity of him not playing because when we go there on January twenty-eighth, he'll most likely be playing. Exactly, and it'll probably be a completely different type of team. And then, you know, that's, again, kind of the opposite of what Virginia gave me, right? So we already played against Virginia. Um, but, um, yeah, that's that's one of those things. It's like, I really didn't even know that Hunter Couture was hurt until I actually looked this up uh, yesterday and kind of made sense to me as to why they've kind of gone on the slide that they have because yeah, they- these losses haven't really made any sense. Um, I mean, especially, you know, Boston, Boston College, College, Wake Forest, yeah. right? But I mean, I he think he played even, against Boston College. He played thirty minutes. Oh, he did. I believe so. Yeah, I can look it up real quick. But but he, that's the game he got hurt in. Okay. Well, I mean, realistically, with him, they could have won any of their other games. And that was so, an overtime game too. That was an overtime loss. Okay. Yeah, he played thirty minutes. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, it was an overtime loss. Yeah, so yeah, you could argue that if he doesn't get hurt, that they win. So absolutely, um, you could argue probably that maybe they win at least three out of the four. And 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 just because he's not playing doesn't mean that we have that the game's in the bag. I mean, they have a great, true, uh, yeah. great coach, Mike Young. Uh, they play hard. They still, even though we, they've had their last four losses, they still rank pretty high up in Ken Palm. They're ranked forty second. Um, we're up at ninety. So. Yeah, we need to be able to take advantage of this, um, and and b- because it's home. I mean, realistically, whether Hunter Couture plays or not, this is going to be our best chance of beating Virginia Tech, and we still got to play him again this month. So, um, and it's a it's it's a seven o'clock game on a Wednesday, so both teams get an extra day. Um, right. I don't know if that benefits anyone in particular, but um, you know. I think it. I mean, it, it helps both teams. Let's be honest. Yeah, Benny Battle, and you know, he's probably going to be. He'd probably be able to bounce back on a Tuesday, but sure. definitely be able to bounce back on a Wednesday, right? And yeah. you get an extra practice in. They're traveling, so. I mean, it's a winnable game. I think with or without Couture, it's just like you said, have to capitalize on that. If he's not in there, that's a huge. That's a that's a pretty big handicap. I don't want to make too big of a deal about it, but it's a pretty big handicap. Mm-hmm. So, and no matter how you win, it's like the same thing with Louisville. Louisville was ugly, but at the end of the day, it's a W. And at the end of the year, they're not going to question that W. They would have questioned it if we would have lost, right? Um, and if we lose this and we're anywhere near the bubble, you know, they lost to Virginia Tech without Hunter Couture. Like, it's going to look bad. Uh, home game, right? Home no. game. It's a quad two game at home. Nope. Virginia Tech's 49th in the net, making this a quad two. So, so I mean, it would be a good... It's a resume it, builder, especially when Couture comes be, back and, and, and well, they can start getting back on track with what they were doing before he was out, right? Because that could turn into a quad one if they exactly. get back to where they were going. Right. I mean, there was at one point in this season, they were looking like they were the best team in the ACC. Them or Virginia. Yeah, um, no, they started 11-1, dude. They only yeah. lost against Charleston, which I don't know what happened there, but... They lost against Charleston. That was their loss, <laughs> right? But then they turned around and beat all these other good schools, right? Yeah, well, Charleston is Carolina. sixteen and one, by the way. So, <laughs> okay, keep that in mind. And the NCAA tournament comes around, so it'll be a fourteen seed bubble burster. <laughs> yeah, right. So there is that, and it was only a two point loss too. Right. It was seventy seven seventy five. So, yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's turn to the picks, Joe. I gotta start remembering to ask folks about Z picks and getting their thoughts. We did that for football, just so much easier for football. Why I don't know, but it is to me. 
Just fe- it's more it, it flows better with football. There's a lot of things that flow better with football. Basketball is yeah. just it's two times a week. It's all over the place. You know, it is. It is, and a lot of times, you know, there's not as much change uh, from week to week. So a lot of times, like you said, it's it's kind of the same we're, thing. We're talking about the same issues, the same stuff right. over and yeah. over again. And yeah. it's not something that you can necessarily change game. Right, by game. And, and it's it's one of those things where you know we're gonna come here and do it, but I, I, I can't guarantee we're gonna have like extremely new content, which is why right. we rely on good comments. And, and to bring up some kind of conversations, there's a lot of stuff that comes up in those, in the fan feedback stuff that, you know, we didn't think of, and it creates a, a good conversation. So, anyway, all right, yep. at home, Joe, I, I think, um, I think it's gonna be close. I think I, and I'm, I'm going with my gut here. I am going with my gut. And if, if Hunter Couture d- does or doesn't play, I feel like they got to get this game. And it's, a, it's an opportunity for a quad two win. Benny will be back. And like I said, this isn't a knock on Benny either, but I'm not sure what kind of difference it would have been had he played against UVA. I'm, not, I'm not real sure if it would have been much of anything, but I'll hmm. say that it doesn't Depends hurt to have Benny we got. Right, exactly. So, and, and it's just the inconsistency of, of the players on this team. And it, it starts – the one guy who really is consistent most of the time is Judah. Like, you know what you're going to get with Judah, and he, he, it's pretty much the same all the time. Does he make mistakes? Yes. That's inexperience. Mm-hmm. It's, his, it's his age. You know, but when we talk Joe Girard, now now Jesse's in the mix. You talk obviously Benny, Chris Bell, uh, Justin Taylor, Malik Brown. They've all been and they've all been inconsistent at points all year. So, with that said, you're, yeah, you're, the only time he's been inconsistent was when he decided to smack somebody. <laughs> right, exactly. Which was right, exactly. <laughs> so you know, just uh, immature immature reaction to a play there, and obviously uh, he learned from that. So uh, look. I think, I think Syracuse can pull this game off. Um, hopefully, uh, Couture has to sit for one more at least, um, and we don't have to deal with him. It would be nice to only have to deal with him once this year, and I'm sure he'll be back and, and ready to go. And when he comes back, it's probably going to, you know, he's going to go off. Porches. Yeah. So I'm going to say close game, 76 to 72. Syracuse wins. And that's kind of a homer pick, but I, I feel like Syracuse can win this game. And this was when we talked last episode about, you know, the uh, wins. And I had three and five. This is one of the ones that I had as a W. So with that said, that's it. That's all. That's it. With that said, I'm done saying stuff. So your score 72. is what? 76, 72, Syracuse. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I think realistically, when you look at this team, I'm worried a little bit about, you know, Padula and Basil, the, the, the forward there. It looks like he's shooting the ball three-point line about 38%, Padula about 35%. So they can shoot. So they got some guys. Um, but, again, different team than when, than when Couture was there. Uh, and they're bringing in some bigger guys that I don't know how well or how efficient they can score. So I think that, you know, they're kind of looking at the defense and everything like that. And a lot of these games I'm seeing are, are played in the sixties. Um, we have well, the ingredients. We have the ingredients on the team. You know, it's whether or not Jim Beheim can get the right combination in there. That's going to beat the, the team that's in front of them. Um, and I just, I think that we do that this week without Hunter Couture. And I think we win 67, 62. 67-62. Okay. Uh, and I almost called. I almost made a prediction of, of overtime, too. But I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm not going to make that prediction. I'm just going to throw it out there that I did contemplate it. So we'll see what happens. I just I don't know how well. I don't know if they got a guy that can guard Judah. Judah. And, I mean, as long as I mean, the, one, the one guy I'm really worried about more than anything is Justin Mutz. Down and around the basket. If, I mean, if we can, if we can stop that, yeah, he's a problem. He's been a problem. Yeah, but, but you know, the other thing problem. is, he was a problem when he when we were they were playing three guard sets. He could be the four guy 
down on the baseline, catching alley-oops and getting offensive rebounds. It, it, here's, but now he's playing the three, the different. Right. Um, and here's here's just some food for thought, too. And if you're Virginia Tech, it's a, it's, it's a little motivation to get off the schneid against Syracuse on the road because they've got to face UVA in Charlottesville at Clemson, and then they get to go home against Duke. Mm. So, and then they play us again at home. So th- that's their slate for the next five games. No, we'll see. I mean, dude, I'm telling you, I mean, I was very impressed. I've been impressed with Justin Mutz. Um, but he's I was always impressed. been good. He's been a fr- he's been frustrating, very frustrating guy. Yep. But Couture, I've seen him just grow and grow and get better. And I mean, with Sean Padula's only a sophomore, and I remember him from last year, and I remember thinking, oh, this guy's going to be a problem. Um, and I mean, this guy's out. He's averaging 17 points a game, and then leading the team with assists for. Oh minutes. my gosh! So, hold, hold on, I, I'm sorry, Joe. I missed this. So it's 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 at. Syracuse at UVA at Clemson at home versus Duke at home versus Syracuse at Miami at home versus UVA. Mm. <laughs> that's a gauntlet right there, man. Be thankful. Like we've got a couple little short stints, but that's a that's a thread <laughs> we don't right have there. That <laughs> no, that's a thread. Holy. So yeah. Anyway, but they're good enough to win, especially if they're healthy. Yeah, they are. And uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, you don't start eleven and. One and then you know they beat they beat uh, UNC. I don't want to say they beat them handily, but they they beat them by eight and they scored 80 on them. So you know, I mean, yeah. and, and Penn State and Minnesota and Dayton and Oklahoma State, and also you know, and they got better UN, wins than we do. UNC, yeah, UNC was ranked at the time, so and they played at Charleston for some reason, so that was an away game. That's true, yeah. Why they did that? I do not know. Why would you agree to that if you're if you're Vatech? Uh, I don't know. I guess it's probably like uh, maybe something sim- similar to I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but uh, you know we played the Hoyas away and stuff like that. Yeah. True. The yeah. One might be one of those things. You know, they did four games, two at home, two away. Who know? Who knows? Yeah. I have no idea. No. Uh, anyways, all right. Look, that is going to do it for us. Uh, We appreciate all of you for tuning in. We're going to keep this show under an hour tonight. Thank us, all right? We won't put you through the whole hour and 35-minute gauntlet again. So uh, we will be back here Thursday night to talk Botech for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.